Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turnbase, the RPG podcast here at thecoalition.com. I'm joined by my usual co-host, Gary. Introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? This is Gary Swaby. Um, I'm the producer of the podcast. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Gary Swaby. Um, good to be back on another podcast. I'm excited for this one. No, you don't want to follow him on Twitter. He just posts dumb stuff about hip-hop all the time. No, I don't. <laughs> And uh, you can hear him giggling already. We have a new guest on this episode, a third episode in a row with a guest. We're pretty proud of that. Uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, this is uh, Zeridian. I'm uh, pretty much the man behind the mask at the newly founded Elysium Content Creations. Um, we do a lot of web series that we're working on right now. We've got uh, one called Rock City right now, and then um, I'll be hosting... Game Time TV, which is general gaming on uh, some videos, and uh, be co-host of uh, TechMod TV, so looking forward to that. Been playing games since I was seven, uh, you know, and uh, started out on the Atari 2600, moved up to the TRS-80 color computer, playing games on cassettes, been playing RPGs all the way back since Bard's Tale of 1985, so... Um, wow, that's the year I was born. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, until five years later so <laughs> hey you gotta start somewhere right yeah, uh, exactly. i mean i got addicted to rpgs man so I'm, I'm glad to be on this podcast uh it was you know dragon warrior fantasy star sort of a million and then next thing you know i move into neverwinter nights and and yeah, i played uh, all those you just mentioned the rest is history man i actually still have my dragon warrior nes cartridge Oh, I love that game. The game was so addictive. It's it's pretty interesting to go back and play it now, given you know how different design principles are and how far technology has come. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty fun, you know, like the menu, the pop up, you have to select your action with the different objects, and it, it's entertaining. I like it still. Yeah, you know the the flow of it went really well. It still kind of stands the test of time. I think that's that's what's what it's all about in making a good uh, RPG game. Yeah, exactly. And really, that's that's uh, me in a nutshell. You know, I mean, I I started out doing some uh, playing for a game company where they when I was like twelve or so, and they had me playing like a whole bunch of games. They were doing like uh, trading cards for you know RPG games too and stuff like that. They do the characters, and I'd get to play through them, and and uh, of course they paid me for that. I was pretty giddy little twelve year old, and uh, and uh, you know you you eventually find the the genre of games that just call you and um for me it was just i've always liked driving games too but rpgs just i can't get away from them uh any game i play has really for me to be interested it has to have some element to it rpg wise man yeah i'm the same way to be honest i mean i don't know if this is a recent turn of events for me or if it's always been like this i think it's always been like this but if a game doesn't have some layer of depth to it that lets you develop the character in some way. I usually, I don't know if I've ever finished a game, besides like platformers, because they're just fun. But I mean, when it comes to just like flat out action, hack and slash, if there's no character development or at least an engaging story, I don't think I've ever finished just an action, pure action game before. Diablo 3. Sorry. Wait, Uh, which game? uh, Oh, I didn't say anything. <laughs> uh, sneeze again, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, 
we've we've all been down that road. <laughs> it's actually a funny story how you and I met. Go ahead and we could tell the listeners about that. Um, uh, basically, my girlfriend's cousin invited me to join his Guild Wars 2 guild before the game launched, and Zeridian was the leader of that guild, because Zeridian and my girlfriend's cousin have been playing MMOs for a few years now, I guess, right? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. And we started, we started so, out in Aeon, I believe it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so it just, just so happened, me and Zeridian live, you know, less than an hour away from each other. <laughs> so, and, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of funny the way that turned out. And we've been gaming ever since. There you go. It's been a little yeah, over a year. We had some fun times on Guild Wars 2 as well. Oh, yeah. Especially that first first night we uh, did the uh, pirate run in uh, Lion's Ark. Yes. Gary wasn't there for that, but I took him on that. That was, that was, was pretty epic. That and the first time we fought the Shatterer. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Those are both great moments. We, William Shatterer. All right. So there you go. That's Viridian in a nutshell. That's pretty much all you need to know about him. There's nothing else. Nope. Nothing else. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, so next, moving to what we've each been playing. Um, I guess I'll go first because it's going to be very short. Uh, basically, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto V. I mean, that's just about all I've been playing. Um, it's a great game. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say. A majority of people that play games have already bought it. It's made a ton of money already. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, besides yeah. that... Uh, kills on Mercenary on Vita, uh, you know, another non-RPG. A couple nights ago, I jumped back into Neverwinter, though. I did play that a little bit. Um, part of, partly, yeah, yeah, partly because I haven't played it very much recently, and every time I look on my shelf and I see my statue of the main villain lady, I don't even remember her name, I feel intimidated and bad that I haven't played it very much. <laughs> so I feel pressured to play when she peers into my soul she's gonna get you in you guys sleep. need to <laughs> you need to get me stuck into that game too because i really want to play it but um i guess if i have other friends that are playing it too it will make it easier for me to jump in it's re- so. you know it's really a great game that that's one in one of the games on my list as well you know um i don't know it's just um you know, and being a fan of Neverwinter Nights one uh, from Bioware, and then Neverwinter Nights two, and all the DLCs, um, I call them DLCs now. I don't know why expansion packs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know the new habit forming. Um, you know, from Obsidian, uh, which I'll get to later in the podcast about something special that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I don't know they so those games in that you know in the tabletop D and D you know in Eberron and Forgotten Realms, those that's probably the greatest storytelling um plane and and collection of writings and stories and characters that you could ever possibly be a part of or in, in delved into. And um you know, when I heard that they were coming out with the MMO Neverwinter, I just flipped out, man, you know? It's lived up to the expectations too and it's done a lot of things that no other MMO has really. Like the Foundry system is the most detailed I've ever seen. Right, and that's what that's what I was worried about because Neverwinter Nights was basically considered the first real 3D MMO persistent world because right um, because of the Aurora toolset where you could go in and all the modders they would have their own servers. They would have they even got it to where you had your own housing and everything on these servers, 
and you would have certain conditions to follow, and there would be a dungeon master on the servers. Um, just so much modding in that community that went on for years. I mean, as much, if not more, than like Unreal 2K4. It was just a plethora of stuff to choose from. And, yeah. Um, I mean, it's still going. People still play it. Yeah. It's, I, I didn't realize. I'm like, well, this is an MMO. I'm like, how are they going to give us that same kind of vibe and feel and, and respect in an MMO? Because MMOs are pretty, like, closed off. So, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, the Foundry was just an ingenious way to do that. And uh, I've played quite a few Foundry uh, stories that just blew my mind. Like, there's some creative people out there. I want to check out all that stuff. I need to, like, dedicate a whole week to just that game. Yeah, um, I I was kind of put off at first because they didn't have a ranger class. And if, you know, David yeah. knows me, and, and I'm always a ranger, every single game. So, if, if they have it, but I... They it was didn't very have comfortable it. for me because they had a guardian, and I always play paladin characters, so... Yeah, I picked up the the great weapon fighter and didn't know if I was going to enjoy it, but you know what? That is probably one of the funnest melee characters I've ever played in my entire life. And uh well, that's saying a lot. It's it's it pulls me back in like all the time. So I wish I had more time. I've got so many games I have to play and things I got to do, but that I do go back and make sure I play it. I've been doing a little bit of that uh, Fury of the Feywild Festival, and um, you know you can get like a a boar mount and and a pig prize winning pig mount and some other stuff, some weapon skins. You know what am all MMOs do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. One thing I do like about it is that it's pretty solo friendly, but the dungeons and stuff and a lot of the best content is very group driven. So you have a lot of diversity and stuff you can do. Yeah, their Q system makes that game. They have one of the best yeah. Q systems I've ever seen. Yeah, it, I haven't ever had any problems. And I really like the crafting, how you just queue up different things to be made. So everything is just so streamlined in that game. that once you, you know, from the time you log in to the time you end, you're always doing something and you always have stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, the, the queuing up for the crafting, it saves you from having to stand there at a at something you know, some kind of craft table and to, to do it. It's pretty genius. Um, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to expand on that. I think they already have a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm doing it a little bit more. I actually craft more in that game than I do in others. So, yeah. Cause it doesn't feel like a chore. Yeah. Uh, there are some games I think that are built around crafting and that's okay. If you're like going to different areas in the world to find special things that you need to create these things, as long as it doesn't become a grind, because they, you know, games like that usually want a thousand of that thing. It's like just let me go on a quest and find like, you know, six to ten special items to make this one thing, mm-hmm. yeah, and and level up from that or something. So it becomes a journey rather than a chore. But I like the way Neverwinter has done it. So. Um, I don't know, y'all, y'all haven't played, uh, I've been playing a little bit of uh, DDO, uh, The Disciples of Shadows, which was the prequel, I played that, was playing it like a month or two ago, um, there's a prequel to what they just released, their expansion pack, Shadowfell Conspiracy, mm-hmm. and um, it's only like 50 bucks for the collector's edition, only 20, like 29 for the standard edition, and I've always loved DDO, I think... 
parts of me like it more than Neverwinter because it's more of an RPG, I think. Mm-hmm. It's more of the putting your points here kind of RPG. Right. And uh, modding your stats and stuff. It's more traditional, where Neverwinter's a little more streamlined for those not a, a cue to, um, you know, the old ways of the world, <laughs> so to speak. So what about you, Gary? I've played Grand Theft Auto, of course. You know, almost everybody's been playing that. Um, but I also went to the Eurogamer Expo this week, and um, I didn't actually get to play many RPGs there, unfortunately, because, you know, it was stuff like Titanfall and Call of Duty and Dead Rising and, you know, that kind of stuff, that all the next-gen console sort of stuff that they had on offer. But um, I did get to check out a Guild Wars 2 panel there, Oh, wow. And um, uh, I forgot the guy's name now, but um, they had one of the... Uh, Colin Johansson? No, it wasn't him. Um, his surname starts with a Z. That's all I remember. It's, uh, it's a really it's a really hard-to-say name as well. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I, I would recognize it if I saw it. I can't think off the top of my head. Yeah. But, um, I mean, as for the panel, uh, it was cool, like, you know, just getting... To, to hear him speak about the game and the, the development teams and stuff because um, he said they basically have multiple teams working on all the content that they put out every two weeks and stuff uh, and they just alternate between teams but um, they they didn't really like give up anything that we would really want to know like um, if they're bringing an expansion anytime soon or if they're bringing mounts to the game or anything like that they didn't give away no juicy information they just kind of highlighted the next um, big update which is going to be the the Twilight Assault thing in Twilight Arbor okay nice I didn't know that he spoke on that he spoke on that a little bit and showed uh, uh, some footage from it. It looks pretty cool. Um, I actually did the Twilight Arbor dungeon. Um, that's the only one I've actually done so far. Um, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're going to include, <laughs> include a new level 80 path in Twilight Arbor, right? Yeah, it's a new level 80 path. Um, good thing I'm only three levels away now, so hopefully Congrats, I can man. try that out. you got to hurry up and get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. It's taken me this whole year to get there. So. Yeah, but hey, you know, I think people rush through. That's that's a problem I have with some people. I think David, we we we've we played with people in the past and stuff that. Yeah, the uh, majority of our guild were obsessed with rushing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's not how this game goes. This is it's it's got a traditional RPG sense to where you need to explore at least in that. Like that whole game is just nothing but exploration. And so many people are, are like about getting to 80. That's why in the first Guild Wars they only went to 20, because that's when the game started. So I think people put too much on a number. And you know, I mean, D and D, even DDO, which has no problem retaining customers, only goes to well 25 now for epic uh, levels and stuff. But yeah, so it's yeah. I mean, if I mean Gary hasn't played tabletop D and D, but the few times I've played it. Like, that game is not a game where the primary thing that pushes you is leveling. Like, you know, I've never even had a character over level three. But, (laughs) I mean, I've had a ton of fun. But, I mean, to be fair, a lot of that is hard to capture um, in an actual visual experience like a game. 
yeah. people kind of like having that carrot dangling in front of them, giving them a goal to strive towards. And that's just kind of a result of MMO culture. But, I mean, Guild Wars 2 is the my favorite MMO I've ever played, personally. Yeah, I agree. Same here. And, I mean, to touch on the whole rushing thing, like... I personally, I've always felt like a noob playing that game because I've just been playing at my own pace and um, there's a lot I still don't know about the game and the world. But, um, you know, I just play it at my own pace and I still enjoy it, you know, even just talking to random people in the game. Um, There's been a few times where I've actually been able to help, you know, new players and stuff and that felt good. But yeah, I mean, it's a great community great game um i recommend that game to anybody if if you're into um if you want to start an mmo i would that would be the first mmo that i recommend yeah it's really scalable for kind of mmo vets and mmo newbies i mean it's really it gives everybody everything and and especially with all the world versus world updates all the pvp updates i mean you can level an entire character in any one of those spaces and never touch the rest of the game uh, I don't know another game that does that. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's. A, I was going to ask you though before I forget. Um, both of you actually. Do you, do you consider since you play been playing GTA Five? I'm not because I'm waiting on the PC version, which will happen. Um, yeah, it definitely yeah. will. Uh, you know, they found the code last week in a in the PS3 disc or whatever um, for debugging for the PC version. So, yeah. uh, but do y'all consider, I kind of considered GTA for this, but do y'all consider GTA five, some sort of RPG? Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't call it a full on RPG, but it has elements of RPG. Um, uh, me and Dave were actually talking about this game yesterday, like, cause, um, we were talking about how there's certain restrictions within the open world, like, and, um, we compared it to Skyrim where, like, you could actually interact with a lot of things in the world, whereas in GTA, it kind of gives you the the illusion that you can. Yeah, I think but, uh, the, like, the ex- example we were talking about was I was, you know, driving around, and the game, Rockstar did a great job of adding details to the game to make it feel like a real world. And an example I came across was, you know, I was driving through the mountains, and I found just a random fruit stand sitting up there. It had people sitting around drinking fruit juice, I uh, had a real big logo on top of it, a distinct name. It was clearly designed, you know, to be its own independent little shop. And they put a lot of thought into that. But if you get out of your car, you can't interact with the building. You can't go inside. You can't purchase a drink. You can't, I mean, you can't talk to any NPCs. If you stand too close to an NPC, they freak out and run away because the game's hard-coded to make you feel like you're trying to kill people all the time. So, mm. I mean, it, it does a good job of giving that illusion as long as you don't look too closely. Right. And I think that's how all GTA games are. Um, you know, they on the surface, they look, they're, they're amazing. But if you really, really look closely at any individual aspect, it's usually lacking. And that's just a product of, you know, the size of the game. You can't put in the time to make every single inch of the game interactable. I think they could probably do some sort of attribute engine, you know, and and at, take it to another level and possibly in the future. I, I've heard stories and rumors, you know, uh, in the past about like GTA Universe or World or Online or whatever, so like being persistent, and I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not. Well, I mean, they're trying to kind of do that with GTA Online. 
Like your character yeah. is persistent, but the world isn't really. I mean, I, th- I figure each time you log in, it's going to be like a you know a different world or whatever. But there's mm. there's characters you interact with. You you definitely have a sense of progression in terms of you know acquiring new things. And there's some minor stat building in the game. Like your stamina increases the more you run. You get better at driving and shooting the more you do it. But I mean, there's it. I don't know. It's it, it's a great game, but. Do do you think it should stay online or or stay a single player? I think they should continue to do both. Like, yeah, um, I agree. That GTA Online could really turn into like its own thing, and you know they could perhaps alternate between GTA Online releases and the single player version and stuff like that. So you know if it if it if, if everything works out on Tuesday and onwards, and it turns out to be a really good thing then, you know, they, they could have something else on their plate right there. Yeah, the the thing that always interests me about GTA was, or the, the from, you know, 3 and 4 and then 5 and and everything, uh, was, it, it reminded me of one of my favorites, Omicron, where you're a city cop and you're in this this 3D area, and it, you know, had that same kind of vibe, but I, I always kind of was hoping for a little bit more on the RPG side of it, so maybe they'll go that route. But um, I've uh, I've also been playing the Binding of Isaac uh, a little bit, and then the main game I've been playing here lately. I don't know if y'all have played it, but uh, I think David knows what I'm gonna say is Hammer Watch, and um, it's that's a really awesome game. It's um, it's got a tool set where you can create your own levels, and um, it's a great, pretty. Character developments through unlocks and everything like that. You got four different classes. It's pretty basic. It's kind of pixel art style and uh, throwback to like Gauntlet, uh, kind of with a little bit of Zelda esque type things in it. Um, yeah, it's like a dungeon crawler, right? Yeah, it's ro- roguelike dungeon crawler, kind of like Binding of Isaac, but it's more hardcore than that, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, it moves a lot like Gauntlet does, where you have. Okay. Uh, Four degree, uh, eight degree movement, eight degree aiming simultaneously. So, oh, gotcha, gotcha. And um, you hold buttons to like strafe, uh, why to lock your strafe at a certain angle, um, stuff like that. And it's 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 kind of almost it's old school perma death, but not full hardcore on perma death. So basically, you run out of lives, your game's completely over. There's no continues. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of like that, and it's it just sets the bar. So you have to get further and further deeper in the castle um, to get to is the it, lowest level. Is it randomly generated? Um, I've only played my game, but I believe I, I believe it may be. Um, it unless seems like the kind of game that would be, unless you're playing a user generated uh, level, I would think. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess it might not be then. They might have just created enough to fill, like, you know, the core game. Then you can download mods and user-generated stuff to get different experiences. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, with mod and editing support, there's going to be a lot of things coming to it. It was a green light on Steam. Yeah, that's multiplayer, right? Yeah, it's four four players co-op. Okay, that's pretty cool. See, it, in a, it, it's more action-y than the game I'm about to say, but it reminds me of Dungeons & Dreadmore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which that one's a turn-based one, and you kind of like move mm. by squares and stuff. But it it kind of it kind of reminds me of that. Which that one's you know single player. I don't. I, I'm 
probably it might have mod support. I'm not sure. It's also randomly generated, so it's it's a bit different. But I mean, it's permadeath and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, this works really well with the controller. Um, I put my lock strafe to the wrong button, so my thumbstick, when you press it down, and sometimes I get locked up and die, so I need to change that. But <laughs> it's fully customizable on the controls. It's, um, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's not. It's pretty challenging, though. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say that. And it's got some cool options where you can change the graphic style to different 8-bit art styles, almost. Like the different, like maybe the Commodore type view, uh, to like the uh, um, more of the Nintendo type view, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of pixelation. And then they even have uh, where you can bend the curve of the outside of the screen and kind of fisheye it to where it would look like an old arcade. Right. That's pretty uh, cool. But then they have some DirectX effects. You can turn those on and off and and make it look pretty nice. But uh, all in all, it plays really well. Um, you got statistics, leaderboards, and I'm just, I suck at it right now, so. <laughs> but I'm trying. All right. All right, so you also definitely check that out. We'll uh, make sure to post a link to that or post a trailer or something in the in the post so you can see it down below. Um, next, we'll move on to the news topics. We're going to kind of go through these pretty quick so we can get to our spotlight discussion. Um, first topic, uh, this, you know, not really much to talk about, but. Project Estadi is something we talked about last episode. It was, um, so, to give you a bit of background, if you didn't listen last time, Project Estadi was a website that had a countdown timer on it. It had a tower from Kingdom Hearts. It played Kingdom Hearts music, and the source code indicated, you know, it was Kingdom Hearts related. And that's all people knew. Uh, We predicted that it would be a remastered music collection or some type of music-related project. And we were exactly right. That's exactly what it is. It's a remastered music collection. So we're geniuses. I just wanted to brag and say that we're right. (laughs) (laughs) To be specific, Gary is the first one that predicted specifically music remastered. So most of the credit goes to you, Gary. Oh, thank you. At least I did something good for once. Yeah. And it's even funnier because you never even played a Kingdom Hearts game. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, yeah, there's not much to talk about there. We'll include a link down below to that information. But um, also, it's also worth noting that we are one of the first sites to break the story as the our writer Garrett was contacted on Twitter by the Project Asadi people, and they sent him a press kit a couple hours ahead of time. So Yeah, shouts to Garrett, man. He works hard. Do you yeah. know if uh, Yoko Shinomura, what's her name, Shimomura was, uh, she was the original composer for Kingdom Hearts. you know if she was associated with that? They got the legal rights, but it's all a you know third-party project. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Okay, next, uh, we got some release dates we want to talk about. First, this is a huge one for me, personally. Uh, South Park Stick of Truth has an actual <sighs> release date. It's yep. real. Yes, this time. Yeah. It has a real release date. Ubisoft is going to make it happen. And the game, every time I see a trailer for it or screenshots, it looks better and better and better. And I feel like this game's going to kind of be forgotten just because it's coming out, you know, a month after next-gen consoles, you know, and it's going to be kind of around the holiday season. It's not kid-friendly, you know. Parents can't buy this for their kids. Who so cares? It, <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't really care because I know that I want it, and it looks amazing. Oh, yes. And I really – I think I want the Grand Wizard Edition. I, I might spring for that. It looks I, incredible. I was, I was thinking the same thing. That's one of my games I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I haven't. I mean, 
Now, did you notice the in the this newest episode of South Park they have a new intro? No, I haven't. I didn't see. Yes, the new episode has a new intro. I'm thinking, and it has the town layout. You know, before the game was created, oh, they yeah. they didn't have the town layout, so they kind of have a off-centered kind of uh, asymmetric view of the town in the in the intro now. And so I'm thinking they pulled that directly out of the game. I'm also wondering. Uh, I mean, surely it's. I mean, Matt Parker and Trey Stone are some of the smartest people ever. I'm sure they're gonna have references to the game in the show. That I'll be really interested to see how those two tie together. They're gonna do what Defiance couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could do it better than Defiance. Yes, by far. But wait, um, what, what um platforms is this game coming out on? Is it just like PS3, Xbox 360? It's PC uh, as well. Yeah, oh, it's I, PC as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 360, okay, I'm PS3, on PC. and uh, PC. I don't I don't know if they've announced the PC release date. I think the release date was only for consoles. Oh, okay. But that yeah. sucks. I mean, it's a turn based RPG. I, I kinda wanna play it on a console, personally. I mean, that's just me. I guess that's my preference. But yeah, the game looks incredible. I mean it looks like one of the funniest games ever made. And it looks like it's actually fun to play too, that's the thing. The gameplay looks solid. It's basically like the Mario and Luigi RPGs, but South Park and hilarious. Yeah, it so. looks just like an episode, like yeah. you're playing in the episode. Yeah, it's literally. Oh, Mario and Luigi have RPGs. Man, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a fun fact for you, Zerdin. I don't know if you know this. Gary has never beaten a Nintendo game in his life. Are you kidding? Really? Oh man! Just, he yeah. never owned a console. It's not really his fault, but it kind it's of is. It's not my fault. Yeah, it is. <laughs> emulators, <laughs> man. Emulators. <laughs> well, actually, I did beat Pokemon. If you can count that, I beat Pokemon Red. I don't. I don't okay. speak Pokemon. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that's the big announcement that I was excited about. This one I'm excited about too. Uh, Final Fantasy X eight. X and X2 remastered collections coming out this winter as well. Uh, they didn't lock down a specific date, but they did say winter, so we know that before New Year's it should be out. Uh, we've talked about this one a ton on this podcast, so going to not really talk about it too much. But Wait, did they, is that winter for like the Western world or just Japan? Or? I'm pretty sure it's for the Western world. Wait, which, okay. which, which Final Fantasy are we talking about? Uh, 10 and 10 this, 2. Uh, are getting an HD. HD yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're getting remastered in HD for Vita and PS3. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to think about getting 15. That's starting to look pretty tasty, but... Yeah. It's been a while. Be awesome. It's been a while for me. But yeah, don't don't get me started on Final Fantasy. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next is... This one, I'm going to be curious to see if you know much about Ceridian. Did... Uh, Warhammer Online Age of Reckoning is coming to an end. Yeah, in December. Yeah, in December they're oh, shutting wow. the MMO down. Um, I never played it. Have either of you played it? I've played How it. How long has it been active? Um, Ooh, quite a while. Quite a while. Four years? Maybe uh, four longer. years. Maybe. I think it's been longer than that. Maybe longer than that, uh, yeah. I'm checking yeah, right four now. years doesn't sound long for an MMO. Uh, these days... It, Kind of. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's five years. I thought it was longer. Yeah, yeah it's about five years. Oh, I guess, yeah, it came out around the same time as Conan, right? Yeah. Okay. Conan, yeah. Conan's still kicking. Okay. Well, to be clear, uh, 
Warhammer has gone free to play, right? Or is it still pay to play? It was free to play, but man, it was a really shitty model, man. I didn't really care for it to be honest with you. When um, did it switch to free to play, do you know? Uh about halfway through its life cycle. It's been free to play okay. for a good while, but they Okay. That's when it free to play started getting popular. And so, yeah, you know, when Lord of the Rings, Conan, yeah, EverQuest exactly. 2, all those games went free to play. It it went the same route, but you know, it kind of took a more a more pay for this. Like they they locked stuff down to a certain level, and like you thought, well, eventually they released that, like Rift and these other ones did. But no, it's been the same thing. They and so you, you there was no incentive to go back and check out the new content, and there was no like. You know, the only thing fun that I really and I like Warhammer. I love Warhammer 40K and all that. But um, the one thing about that game that was good that a lot of games like Guild Wars 2 have taken from a little bit to add is their PvP. They had really good PvP. Yeah, they had Realm versus Realm, right? Yeah, and then that's okay. that was kind of their innovative sort of thing. Okay. So have you? Is there an MMO that you were heavily invested into that shut down ever? You had to go there. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, it's a relevant question. We're talking about Star Warhammer. Wars Galaxies. Let's, oh, so you were a big player. Let's though. just get that off my chest. Okay. See, uh, I, I missed I, the boat on that one, but I feel like I, I missed out because it sounds incredible. I, yeah, I wish I got to experience that. It came out. Um, a month before World of Warcraft did. It mm-hmm. did things that World of Warcraft didn't do until, like, after Vanilla. So they were inspired by... I won't say... You know, I'm, let me get something straight to fans and people that listen that, to gaming. <laughs> okay, let me just lay this shit on the line real quick. All this crap about MMOs and, and games in general, too, stealing this or being a rip-off of that. Dude, they're all influenced by the same shit. They all play each other's games. All the developers play each other's games. They have fun doing it. They want to take the best and what yeah. their idea is and make a game that you would want to play. And, you know... It's an industry of innovation, not imitation. Exactly. So it's... it's Let's let's try these ideas in our own way, but, you know, some people just look at it as a rip-off. But, yeah, Star Wars Galaxies, they're, they're you... Uh, the UI and everything, um, so many games have used so much of that game. And to to good standards, I mean, it, it really brought uh, some good stuff into the MMO space, I think. You know what sucks, though? Like, um, they killed off Star Wars Galaxy, and all we have now is Star Wars The Old Republic, and that's not as good, no. unfortunately. It's a good solo so game. It, it's... <laughs> It's an entirely different concept. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it, it and it doesn't it's not as open world as Star Wars. Star Wars Galaxies, you can travel to different planets like and the whole planet. I mean, we're talking about like a hundred K worth of mileage per planet. It was gargantuan. Like there's the only game that comes close to that now is Skyrim. And the thing that blows my mind about Star Wars Galaxies, like the whenever I've just heard about it and read about it. Is I mean, you could theoretically like start your own like house anywhere, basically, couldn't you? Yep, you could you could plant a whole guild with all their houses. We did that, and we had people uh, from other guilds, other planets that would come and invade our whole town that we created, 
And man, oh, that, just, oh, that man. sounds incredible. See, that, that sounds dude. awesome. I want to play an MMO like that. It was totally epic because we would be out in the middle the nowhere. The entire you, world wants to play an MMO like that. You'd have to, it, yeah, you'd have to find where we put our base up at. Like, oh, that's just crazy. And the another cool thing about it, I remember reading in Game Informer when I was little about the story of the first Jedi in Star Wars Galaxy. Like, it was a big deal. Because that game, like, you couldn't pick a Jedi class, you know. It no. wasn't that easy. You had to start from the bottom and work yourself up to becoming a Jedi. And that's what's laughable Sorry. about the new one, is that it takes 20 Jedi to kill some beast. And it's just not, it's laughable for the for the canon. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my rant theory for the day. And so whenever people, if you hear the letters N-G-E too close together, do you cringe? I hate you. <laughs> for, for Gary, the the new game enhancement patch changed Star Wars Galaxy so drastically that the game was never even... It was like a different game. Let, uh, yeah, let me, I, let me I put it to you this way. Uh, imagine... Okay, what's your favorite game? Imagine that favorite game with your class that you've worked on a year or two worth, and you log in, and your whole class, or class says, if you multi-class are missing from the game, and they ask wow. you to start over from scratch. You know, Why did they that? think that was like, a good idea? It was such a bad idea that they got so much hate mail and flack that one of the developers killed himself Jeez. and committed really? suicide over it. Yeah, he committed wow. suicide over it. Jeez. People care about their games, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. I remember when that game shut down, and all the stuff online, all the videos of people, you know, it was it was a pretty impressive thing to see. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect game by any means, but it had things in it that never was done before and still haven't been done since. So maybe one of these days. Hearing about it kind of reminds me of um, EVE Online a little bit, like about the stuff that I hear about that game. Yeah, it's it's got similarities, only you could be on the planets. Now, now take for instance. There's a new game coming out soon. I think we all know, and I'm, I'm going to buy the highest version I can afford at the time, and I'm going to get the Oculus Rift for this thing, and the new R, uh, the R, uh, the new AMD cards, the R9, oh, yeah, whatever. I heard about that today. I'm getting one, a couple of those for just so I can play this game because it's going to be pretty intense. But that's Star Citizen. That game. Is just going to be ridiculous, and it's going to be like an MMO. Yeah, heard very good things. It's it's going to be an MMO RPG type of situation. Ta- think Eve Online meets Star Wars Galaxies is the way I'm it, it, to even more epic proportions. Like you can go right now and download their like they have different phases they're releasing and their modules, and it builds the game as you go. So go to their Kickstarter, download. Uh, Star Citizen's hangar module is the first one they've released, and you can see what it's like to get in their their ships and everything in the hangar. Um, and then they're going to release the combat uh, flight simulator next as a module. It's uh, going to be buy to play, right, or is it pay to play? It's uh, it's going to be, I believe, buy to play. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, I don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, because yeah. people have it's a it's it's crowdsourced so yeah All right, so keep me updated on that because I'm interested. There's one more thing I want to say before we move on to the spotlight topic. Um, all the all these games sound great, 
But for my personal taste, my ideal game would basically be what you just described, but in a fantasy setting. Well, maybe somebody will get inspired by this one and go there. I mean, the only, the only real one that I the, that's a standard RPG that's coming out is Obsidian's, Obsidian's Crowdsource Project Eternity. That's I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, it, it's, it's an oh, isometric one, so it's going to be pretty old school. But, but uh, it looks good. Yeah, I think it's going to be mod heavy, and it's going to be kind of old uh, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights kind of vibe going on there. So it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I remember I saw one of the first working kind of demos of what the lighting and stuff is like in the game. Oh my gosh, it looks beautiful. Yeah, I think didn't you get first hand look at it somewhere or no? No, no. I was thinking somebody I knew did. Anyway, yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Keep your eyes on that. All right, so now our spotlight topic, which we are going to have to keep a little brief just because we've already talked a whole lot. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you kind of lead the discussion here, Zeridian, but you need, we've already kind of touched on it when you're talking about Hammerwatch. But um, just kind of comparing the different methodologies of an indie RPG and a quote-unquote AAA RPG and kind of what the philosophies are, how they're different, how the games are perceived, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the the I don't know some of the I mean because of the ones I've been playing, you know, like Binding of Isaac, and it's a their throwback for the most part. Um, you know, they can only do so much because you know naturally they don't have the funding as AAA titles, so they have to kind of rely on mechanics and the way the games um, just are from a story standpoint. So I think it in that. They take a little bit more care in what they're doing for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. I won't say all, because there there are some that just throw shit together. But uh, you know, the ones that that are focused on out there, I think they do they do what we want. It, it's just we don't have that same mentality in a lot of the AAA space that's out there. Like um, I I saw the kind of thing that you were talking about, Gary, in the uh, latest co-op i think or something about mass effect 4 like what right. what um what why it's not going to be why we're not looking forward to it or something yeah i mean yeah i mean just look at how the first game was um you know that was like a hardcore rpg you can manage like every detail of shepherd and the crew and then you know as the game progressed onto the sequels and everything they just took a lot of that stuff away and streamlined it for, you know, the mainstream audience. Also, um, I think uh, you see that with Elder Scrolls as well. And, oh, I mean, yeah. Skyrim, I love Skyrim to death. It's a great game. But if you go back and look at Daggerfall or Morrowind and compare the level of depth and customization in those games to Skyrim, it's almost like a different series. I mean, in, yeah. in Morrowind, for example, you could equip each individual gauntlet, boot, pauldron, you had short blade, long blade, all the all so many different skills, so there's so much more depth. And um it's it's kind of disappointing that they've taken that away. Like in Skyrim, you don't even have separate body and leg armor. It's all one armor slot. Yeah, it's like you're playing Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, Skyrim has improved drastically in a lot of ways over some of the older games in the series. The combat's much, much better. 
I mean, voice acting is fantastic. The story is better as far as like the actual plot is. They've made that better finally. Um, but but there's just some some things about it I, I wish weren't sacrificed. And um, that, it seems like a lot of franchises have that problem. So do you think they're yeah. all getting narrow-minded, like with their next release? Like, uh, I don't. You, didn't you? You got to play um, Elder Scrolls Online. So did it look like they were opening that area up a little bit, or were they closing it off even more? From what you've seen, I would say that it's even more closed off for the most part. I mean, the game isn't as restrictive as a traditional MMO class system, but you are forced to pick at least an archetype, and you are limited in terms of what skills and abilities you can learn based on what archetype you pick. Mm. Uh, You can't interact with most objects in the world. Uh, Like, you can find some parchment and some books and stuff you can read, but you can't pick up and interact with things. A lot of the NPCs you can't can't really talk to. They don't really say much. I mean, to be... To be fair, again, I, I, the game isn't finished yet, but from what I've played, it is very much a, tr- a traditional MMO rather than an, an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, what I'm finding is that, you know, with the with the AAAs as opposed to Indies, is that when when we, if you if you notice, there's a trend here that unless it's Final Fantasy or a JRPG, that's AAA. Um, then we're talking about MMOs because it's almost like Western RPGs have turned into MMOs only, and we don't really get Western RPGs anymore, like straightforward RPGs, unless they're indie. Like I can't find them except for this Obsidian game that's coming out. I yeah, I kind of see your point there because um, I noticed that you know during the course of this show we have started to talk about MMOs a lot more, and also um, you know. Games um, like Dragon Age, for example, um, they've become so streamlined, like compared to the first game, where it's it's more like just an action adventure type game, really. And um, yeah, it does seem like the more complex stuff is being reserved for the MMO space nowadays. Well, you know why Dragon Age was so the first one was so good because that was actually supposed to be Neverwinter Nights too. Yeah, um, and yeah. that so that's why it was so out there and then you know you go they, you move from atari to ea and you got a whole different focus you know way of looking at it although i i think there was one series i haven't played it a whole lot but i think gary will agree here that kind of combines the best of both worlds in a way that no other franchise does and i think that's the witcher oh yeah oh yeah i mean I, they have the triple a level of quality and polish in a game that is very focused on what they want to do, and it doesn't sacrifice anything for, you know, trying to get more fans. Like, that series, I feel like they are executing their vision, and they're not letting anything else get in the way, and it's working yeah, very well. Yeah, I really, I really respect them for that as well. Like, you know, of course they want more people to play their games, but they're not going to sacrifice, you know, the game itself to, to let that happen. They're going to make the game that they want to make, and they're going to keep it true to you know the whole theme of The Witcher. You know, they're not. Um, it's a very mature game as well. They're not going to water it down, you know, to try and appeal to a mainstream audience or anything like that. They're keeping the game the way they want it, and I wish more developers had the balls to do that. Well, I think because they're kind of off in a their own little countryside, sitting you know away from everybody, yeah. and they're not influenced by all this crap that that most of these developers have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, I know the slight changes 
from Witcher 1 to 2 was more control for consoles. Um, and then what, what, what they call it, uh, button time or whatever the, I can't even remember what that's called. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. They quick, definitely quick play have to. or quick button, you know, that, what do they call that? Help me out, David. Quick time events. Quick time events. There you go. I don't know why I'm praying for it. Um, but, uh, so there was a little bit more of that, and I think that some PC gamers were put off by that a little bit. But what I'm hoping is that Witcher Three, like, has because uh, yeah, like you said, Gary, they they want more console players. I think they got to they're working on the balance of that with their feedback in two, and hopefully three is going to be pretty epic. Yeah, I mean they they definitely had to um, you know accommodate the whole controller and stuff when they were moving it to console. And, but I, it could have been a lot worse. Like they could have really dumbed it down a lot more. But uh, I think it's still a pretty complex game. I mean, you saw it. Witcher Three in action at E3, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a presentation. Like it was like a forty-minute presentation. And um, yeah, me and you love Skyrim, David. But this game is just on a, a whole nother level. Like. They've taken the whole Skyrim concept sort of thing and just expanded on it. Yeah, I mean the whole Elder Scrolls idea. I mean, what I feel what we're getting these days, and and this is a good game, mind you, even though it's on EA. It's Kingdoms Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. I really like that game. It's a really great game, but you know, it's I I feel they could have done a better, like a more in depth job with the you know RPG side of it, but. It seemed. I, I just think that's the format that most people expect out of an RPG now. Like we've thrown attribute systems and everything else out the window for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, we had a previous episode of this podcast where we discussed how other genres are getting influenced by RPGs, and every genre seems to have RPG elements now. But I think on the flip side of that, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship where you know, now RPGs are losing a lot of the things that made them what they were, and they're becoming more yeah. action-focused, more action-adventure, and yeah. less on the depth side. Like yeah, a tug-of-war, you know? I mean, it's almost like <laughs> in a few decades, every game is going to be the same. Like, they're all slowly, slowly, slowly funneling down to this middle point where they all have the same mechanics. Which, and I which, feel like... <laughs> go ahead. No, no, I was done. I was done. I, I was going to say, I, you know, I just bought. I haven't played uh, a basketball game since Double Dwibble, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, but I loved it. I, and there was, you know, the NBA jams or something like that that was fun on arcade. But and I, you know, I, I thought you know, they they did a, a new NBA jam a couple years ago. You should play that. It's amazing. Okay, yeah, I've checked it out. Uh, but I got NBA Two K Thirteen. Since it's like supposedly the best basketball game of all time, been playing it for the past couple of days, and and the career mode is like super duper RPG heavy, and I'm like pretty blown away by it. I'm yeah, like, you should check out the new Madden sports game, you know? Let's yeah, dude, you should you should check out the new Madden games. Like straight up, you get you level up and get experience points and upgrade your different stats based on how you perform. I mean, what are we? What what's the what's we're going to when we have to buy a sports game to get our RPG off? <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. And you know what's funny about it as well is like I know um, guys who only play sports games and like probably Call of Duty or something, and they criticize like role playing games for being nothing but menus and stuff like that. 
Oh, oh man, come they, on. Dude, <laughs> the games they play are Look in the mirror. Dude, NBA 2K13 <laughs> has about 30 freaking menus before you even start a game. Like, there's so much <laughs> shit. I'm like, wow, where'd this all come from? This is like, I just want to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, man. It, I, I just hope that, you know, games that are getting crowdsourced like the Obsidian game coming out, Project Eternity and Star Citizen and games like this will open developers' eyes to saying, you know, hey, the fantasy realm still exists and, you know, I hope, you know, 40K online kind of comes back from the dead and stuff like that and they and they start seeing that there's still that audience that, that needs it because we do. Yeah. Definitely. But, you know, until then, I'm fine playing these indie games because so far they're pretty good. Can you name a few, like, good indie games to check out, role-playing games? Well, like I, like the one I was playing, Hammerwatch and Binding of Isaac. I'll look. Let me pull up my... Um, I, I got a few. Dungeon of Dreadmore is another good one if you want something really uh, intense and hardcore. Yeah, I heard of that. Uh, um, Bastion. Bastion, yep, I would Bastion. recommend. Yep. It has oh, yeah. one of the greatest narrators of all time. And the way that they fuse and kind of intertwine the narration with the gameplay is really, really, really cool. Um, I would also recommend uh, A Valley Without Wind 2. I inter- I reviewed that on the site, interviewed those developers. They're really cool guys. It's a cool game. Um, it's indie. You should definitely check that out. Um, this one isn't indie, but it's a little bit um, under the radar. Uh, Divinity 2. Oh yeah, <laughs> Divinity Two is kind of kind of old school, but you got Divinity, yeah. Divine Divinity. Uh, that's a whole Divinity. series. That's a great series, man. Yeah. Um, the the some of the ones that I I bought recently that that I didn't get to ever play, but I always wanted to was Spellforce One and Two. The platform. Oh, I've been, I've been wanting to play I, those. I actually own Spellforce Two. Um, I really want to get into it one day. I I played like the the first. Uh, tutorial part, but that's it. So that it seems yeah. seems really complex. It's, so I, w- I want to dedicate a lot of time to it. Yeah, those are the games that tweak our little number sense. And then you know, if if anybody out there hasn't played the Deuce X series, I don't know what you're waiting for. That's me. I've got yeah. all three and haven't played any of them. Oh my god, dude, are you retarded? That's like <laughs> one of the greatest series of all time. It's equivalent to The Witcher, man, but in a sci-fi spectrum. I know. Yeah, I've, we, I've, don't don't worry. I've heard. Just uh, either play it tomorrow or kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the Wait, last. Which one's your favorite? Those already on out of the Deus Ex series. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to say the original Invisible War was great too. But uh, okay. I mean, Human Revolution is kind of a prequel, and it, they're all really good. I. I can't yeah. say I, don't, I dislike any of them, but uh, yeah, the the first one, which is the the mid story, is really good. Uh, there are some pretty good mods for it, right, to kind of upgrade the graphics and everything. Um, well, I didn't. I don't know about those. I'm sure there probably is, uh, but I got my version recently because I played it back in the day when it came out. But I don't have a lot of my discs anymore, so I had to get it, pick it up on GOG again, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they've enhanced. All that stuff. That's what they usually do. Yeah, I've got I've got all three of them on Steam. I'm pretty sure there are some pretty detailed mods. I've, I remember seeing some stuff. Uh, one more though that I want to mention. This is a free to play one that you can download on Steam. It's a strategy RPG. 
called the Banner Saga Factions. It has a really cool, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hand-drawn looking art style. And if you've ever played any of the uh, like Heroes of Might and Magic games, it has a kind of similar combat system where it's like a strategy kind of turn-based grid-based RPG. It's uh, it, it's a good one. I've I've dabbled with it a little tiny bit. I want to play it some more. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's good. I was I was looking at that one. Um, I was watching some videos on that. That one looks really really good. Art style is fantastic. Yeah, is that's um, what's the setting for that? Oh, what do you mean? Um, I'm trying to. Oh, like oh, it's uh, it looks like Vikings. Um, right. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, whenever you go on Steam and look at it, the first picture you see is a badass looking Viking dude. So, um, I, I did. Uh, where's the other one? Let me see. There was one good one here that I've lost it. I don't know where it is. There's so many. Um, you, the Dragon Saying series, one and two. If you've yeah, checked. those look good. I haven't played those. They're really good. Check those out. I don't. Uh, the Last Remnant. It's not the greatest game, but it's it's uh, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, you know f- some Final Fantasy stuff. Yeah, I picked that up in the sales, like the um, the summer sales. I definitely want to try that at some point. And if you want one that's just fun, that kind of it's kind of a throwback. There's two of them. There's a throwback to old old days kind of RPGs, and uh, you got um, Serious Sam, which is a first person shooter, but they, it's the random encounter, and they do it like kind of uh, the fan of Final Fantasy three, two and three kind of the way the look and the setting is, but it's all like uh, Serious Sam characters and stuff, and it's really cool and weapons and all that, and then um, mm. DLC Quest, which it's very short. But it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it just kind of, yeah. So that's my list. <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty good. Uh, I think real quick, uh, there, were there a couple games you wanted to talk about as far as games you're looking forward to, some upcoming games? Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of threw those in while we were going over that. Uh, the oh, okay. Stuff, the the, the Obsidian Project Eternity. I'm just... I'm really stoked about that. The South Park, the Stick of Truth, like you threw that in there, I didn't expect it. That's one I'm looking forward to. Um, and, of course, the expansion for DDO, the Dungeons & Dragons Online, the uh, Shadowfell Conspiracy, I'm wanting to... It's out now. I've played the prequel for it, so I'm kind of wanting to get into that. And uh, So I just need to buy it. <laughs> Other than uh-huh. that, that, that and Star Citizen, man. Star Citizen, when that comes out, I don't think I'll... I, if I get the Oculus Rift, I don't think I'll want to do anything else for a long time. <laughs> so, what about you, Gary? What are you looking forward to? Well, the only thing I can think of right now, because I just played a Eurogamer, is um, the Lightning Returns Final Fantasy. Because hmm. um, after playing it again, I really like the combat system this time around. Cause it's so like, can um, you kind of explain how the combat in a game works exactly? Is it completely yeah. real time or well pretty much i mean um the way it works this time is you've played 13 so um instead of changing classes you basically you change costumes and um when when you switch to a costume you have like four moves that are controlled with you know triangle circle square x and um your gauge only actually allows you to do like two of those moves uh, so you have to like keep switching. Oh, so okay. So they kind of f- combined it. It's a lot more. 
yeah, it's a lot more active, a lot more fast-paced. And um, okay. there's also this. Um, I can't remember what they call it now. I think it's overlock or something where um, it kind of slows down time and it allows you to um, do more moves in, in that costume, basically, before the gauge fills up. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot more real time this time around. That just sounds right. strange. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, uh, you know, I, I miss the turn-based Final Fantasy, but I don't think we're going to get that back anytime soon. So I don't know. We have to just look at different franchises for turn-based. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 15 looks like they're going back a little bit, but I, I'm pretty sure they won't go back that far. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all real-time, that one. But, yeah. I, get, that's, I think that's part of the reason why I'm so excited for Final Fantasy Ten and Ten Two. Like it, we get a pretty upscaled, you know, better graphic version of my personal favorite turn-based RPG of all time. So I'm very excited to play that again. Last question for you guys, because I'm curious, real quick. Um, I know we're running out of time here, uh, but have either one of y'all played Dragon's Prophet yet? Because it just came out like a couple weeks ago, and or a week ago or so, and I'm really want to try it out. I haven't, but I want to after um, watching the EverQuest Next reveal. Mm -hmm. And they talked about that a little bit, just, you know, kind of building up to their big announcement. So, and I, I, I really like Sony Online Entertainment. I mean, they're, I, I like all their games, really, for the most part. So, as I, I really. They, as long as they fix their server issues, man, because back. Back when I played the MMOs with them, the the server issues were horrible. Man. I think they're pretty much taken care of. I mean, I've played Planetside 2, EverQuest 1, EverQuest 2, Vanguard, all in recent months, and I never had any issues. Cool. I have to give it a shot then. And just for Gary's reference, if you're not familiar with it, it's, uh, first of all, the creators of Runes of Magic, which is one of the most popular free-to-play MMOs. It's essentially a WoW clone. You can't really deny that. But it's <laughs> it's a good game. Uh, Dragon's Prophet is a free-to-play MMO. It's on Steam now. Uh, the big hook is it's a pretty fast-paced action combat system, but you can capture, train, ride, and fight with dragons. So, like, oh, nice. everyone's like a dragon trainer in the game, basically. And you all, there's different dragons you can get. There's all different abilities they can learn, all that kind of different stuff. Well, cool. Sounds cool. Yeah. If you guys get into it, let me know. I'll play with you. Yeah. I'm yeah, right. we should definitely check it out together. Definitely. Uh, one more, one more, real quick thing. I want to start doing this at the end of every episode, uh, just giving like the next two weeks in RPGs, the upcoming games, uh, for people to look out for. Uh, first on uh, October first on Tuesday, Etrian Odyssey Untold: The Millennium Girl on 3DS. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's a remade version of the first game. Uh, there's also going to be Rune Factory 4 on 3DS. I've never played any of those. I've heard good things though. Uh, Disgaea D2 A Brighter Darkness I am Ooh. reviewing that one so keep an eye out the review should be up before it's released okay, it's a good series. and uh, Pokemon X and Y comes out on the 12th oh, and uh, Skylanders Swap Force that's uh, kind of like an action RPG and then Valhalla Knights 3 on the Vita that game looks pretty good uh, I should be getting a review code for that I've already talked to Xseed that's Japanese and, artwork isn't it yeah it's um but it's a Western like, game in it, or no, no, it's 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 Japan. Okay. Uh, it's already out in Japan. It's been out for a few months. Think um, Monster Hunter, yeah, but I, more grindy 
a traditional RPG. It's like a kind of Norris-influenced kind of. I've seen some pictures and reviews up about it. I just hadn't got like delved into it. Yeah, it, it looks pretty good. I haven't played the other ones, but it, it looks pretty good. Sounds I mean, pretty pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. So those are the upcoming RPGs as far as mainstream releases. I'm sure there's indies that you can always look out for. Cool. All right, well, well thanks for joining us, Ceridian. It was good having you. I really enjoyed it. Thank, thank you all for having me. And, uh, you know, everybody out there, be sure to... You know, follow me on Twitter at Zeridian. It's X-E-R-I-D-I-A-N. And uh, got some things coming at you. So I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Had a fun. Yeah, we'll be sure to link all your stuff in, in the actual article itself. So look out for that, people. I had a blast, man. I have to come back sometime. Yeah, I don't definitely. know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much gamer for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, well, we're out now because David has a Cowboys game to watch, so. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Peace out, y'all.